G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It's so easy to go to the forest and stare at a single tree. But God wants us to look at the complete forest. And in today's program, we're going to learn to look at the bigger picture of what God is doing. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired. Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. Welcome. We are looking at the big picture in terms of what God is doing in our lives as well as in the earth today. Of course, that's a big topic, but we're going to focus on 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. And it's amazing, even though this is meant to be a personal somewhat even autobiographical epistle from the Apostle Paul. The fact is, we are learning so many great principles about the Christian life. And one of the things we're learning is because of Paul's track record of suffering, and he will give a very extensive list of his suffering towards the end of this epistle. But one of the major reasons that Paul went through all this was for the sake of of the church. It's also for his own personal transformation because Paul was a really, really tough man. And the suffering, in a sense, marinated the tough meat to make it more tender, so to speak. Also, the life of Jesus was made manifest through the suffering of the apostle. But when you read all this, he's not talking from any form of self-pity, victimology, woe is me, look at me. That is not where Paul's coming from. On the contrary, he's saying these things so that people will realize the price he paid, that they might have the gospel and be saved. And more than that, they can see how committed he was to their welfare and benefit. He is very, very, shall we say, self-sacrificing, indeed selfless in what we see here. But at the same time, from it all, we learn so much about the Lord and his ways. So first of all, friends, what we see is that Paul talks about Verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 4, the spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I speak. What we believe in our hearts, or what we don't believe in our hearts, or whatever it is in our hearts, whether it's good or bad, sooner or later will come out of the mouth. So if we're full of evil, well, we'll speak evil. If we're full of God's goodness, then that will come out too. I believe, therefore I speak. And we know that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. So we learn there's a spirit of faith. We learn also that we are raised up with Christ. Paul suffers, 
But Paul always wins despite the suffering because it's like the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. (laughs) Jesus suffers, but Jesus rises. Paul suffers, but he has overcoming power, as we all do when we stay close to the Lord. We also learn that everything that happened to the apostles, the suffering, the dying, the rising, the glory, all these things that the apostles experienced were for the sake of the church. Difficulties will invite divine intervention, God's miraculous working power, and the outpouring of God's comfort to us all. Because of this bigger picture, again, we're not focusing on a couple of trees, We want to see the whole forest. We don't lose heart. Paul is telling people, never lose heart. Whatever you go through, even the fieriest of trials, will not last. What happens is it's preparing you for a great weight of glory. And when you look back, you won't even think it was worth comparing the sufferings to the glory that comes to pass. But that leads us to a final principle in 2 Corinthians 4, 12 to 18, and that is The things which you can see are temporal. The things you cannot see are spiritual and eternal. That's why you need to be born again so that you can see the kingdom of God. At this point, it's time to read from the pertinent passage. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 to 18. We have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Why we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. Well, let's start with verse 13, the spirit of faith. We all have the same spirit of faith. We all believe, and therefore we speak, and therefore we believe and speak this. Remember, friends, oftentimes you can tell people's faith levels by the words that come out of their mouth. If they believe, they will speak words of faith. Not presumption, not exaggeration, not, shall we say, fantasy. They'll speak hardcore spiritual truth in faith. But if people are full of doubt or unbelief or terrible thoughts, that will come out sooner or later. And usually under pressure, the real sentiments are made manifest. Spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. Faith is activated by confession. The spirit of faith believes, and because it believes, it then speaks. This spirit of faith is revealed by the confession of the mouth. Because we also believe We should likewise speak the words of faith from the spirit of faith. And I love what it says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 about faith is activated by confession. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe from the heart God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Confession activates faith. 
what we learn, verse 14, that who he, God, raised up the Lord Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. You see, just as God raised up Jesus from the dead, all of us will be raised and all of us will be presented with you. Is this a rapture reunion? Remember that the rapture is the catching away of the church, as described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's when Jesus comes in the clouds with the sound of the trumpet, with a loud voice, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that are alive and remain will be caught up together with the dead in Christ, who are no longer dead, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is this a reunion? Suffering and dying of the earlier verses where it says we are struck down, we are perplexed, we are crushed, and all this kind of thing. All that basically has a silver lining. All of these suffering paves the way for what we learn is resurrection power. God calls us to be overcomers. We have no choice. We're in a fallen world, and there's plenty to overcome. But the overcoming doesn't come through our own cunning, cleverness, or strength. It comes by partnering with God, being led by the Holy Spirit, and based on God's Word, and just standing tall and strong no matter what is happening. As the old phrase says, we keep on keeping on. Do these things in God, and you will overcome. In fact, it's guaranteed. And according to Revelation 21 verse 7 in the authorized version, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. So, It behooves us to want to persevere, no matter what may be. And I want to say to you, friends, this is not the whole story. It's a major part. But remember that when we face the challenges, we're facing them with God. It's not as if we're all by ourselves. He's there to hold our hand. It's like a person I heard recently who went skydiving for the first time. I mean, that's pretty daring. And one of the things I learned, because I haven't skydived, but for the first 30 seconds before you pull the strap and the thing is released, the parachute, you can't breathe, not easily. But remember, as they're falling, 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 there's usually somebody with them. And if it's an older person, because I've heard of octogenarians skydiving, usually that buddy is really on top of them. So they have their back when they fall, just to make sure that when they land, they land safely. God is with us, and he's for us, so nothing and no one can be against us. We need to remember that no matter what we face, we face it with God. And if we will face it with praise and thanksgiving and joy, thanking God for the many blessings we have, even if we have problems, we also have many, many blessings. When we focus on God, when we thank God, when we remember he's with us, that the yoke is easy and the burden is light, it's amazing how it takes so much of the sting out of the suffering, because there is a grace that comes on us in those times. Suffering humbles us, and God gives to the humble more and more grace. I say this to encourage you, because I know some of my listeners go through a very hard time at any given time. God will redeem it all for your glory, for your sake. In fact, for your sake, verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 4, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So what is this verse saying? All things that happen are for your sake, whether it's things happening in the church or to the apostles or to yourself or to the world. Whatever is happening, God is allowing it for your sake. The suffering and dying, the rising again and glory, all these things are for the sake 
of the believer and the church. Difficulties invite divine intervention. The outpouring of God's miraculous power, giving, as it says in the beginning of this epistle, the God of all comfort lavishes us with much comfort, and he gives blessing that will never, ever end. So all these things are for our sake, and they bring the desired result. When the grace of God spreads to many, it causes thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So see the bigger picture, but not only that, see the bigger picture heavenward rather than earthly. Because if all you do is focus on the earthly, you're focusing on the troubles. When you focus on God and the heavenlies, and you look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, you're no longer focusing on the problem. You're focusing on the solution. God is your solution. That's why all things that happen to you, all things that happen around you, are for your sake. That's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15. Let's look at verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So this is really important because in the very next chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, we're going to learn about the outward man being shed like the pulling down of a tent in order to receive a new tent, a new body, a glorified one. And therefore, with that in mind, speaking personally, Paul tells us, don't lose heart because of temporary earthly afflictions. It's easy to get discouraged, but basically God's word for us all is don't be discouraged, be encouraged, be courageous. Is that really possible? Absolutely, yes. There are people I know who have been walking with God for years, and no matter what happens to them, they are like cream. They always rise to the top. They are not pulled down. They cannot be discouraged. They're always praising the Lord. I remember one lady, she uh, was utterly remarkable, had been on the mission field with her husband. Her husband backslid, married the maid, divorced her, of course, and left her with the children. You wouldn't know that she'd gone through any of this, the way she acted. She's praising God. She's smiling. She just couldn't be happier being a child of the King and knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is God's power unto salvation. She was an, a model example of victorious Christian living. So we don't lose heart. Don't give up. Because though the outward man is getting older, feebler, and eventually will perish, the inward man is being renewed on a daily basis. The inward man is going to be manifest through the sufferings of today, as well as the deliverances and the overcoming, and will be fully revealed when we meet with the Lord. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17, for our light affliction, isn't that amazing, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amazing that he calls this light affliction and momentary affliction, because Paul's affliction seemed to be as heavy duty as they come. This is a remarkable and victorious confession from a man who suffered so much. It is this affliction, this light temporary affliction, works for us an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Think of the metaphor of childbirth. Labor can be exceedingly painful, but once the child is born, 
the mother no longer focuses on the pain, indeed forgets the pain, and rejoices at the birth of her child. This leads me to the final verse of our lesson, verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 4. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Praise God for that. We do not focus on that which is seen, but unseen. This is part of the full spiritual life, beginning with the new birth and baptism in the Holy Spirit. These things help us, as I said earlier, to see the things of the kingdom of God. Now, people who are not born again, we use the term unregenerate, not meant to be an insult, unchurched or unregenerate, they cannot see any of these things. They cannot see the unseen, obviously, and they cannot see the spiritual and eternal, which are also unseen. All they can see are the things of this world. And in this fallen world, this cosmos, there is a trail of trouble. That's why, friends, we need to be born again of the Spirit to see and enter in to the things of God. We learn that visible things are temporal, and visible things have a use-by date and will eventually pass away. But the unseen things are eternal, and they will always abide. Stake your future on the spiritual, the unshakable, and the eternal, not on the temporal. That's like staking your future on the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. There is no future on the Titanic after the iceberg. The only future it has is down at the bottom of the North Atlantic, three or four kilometers to the bottom. The only future you have is to get into the lifeboats. And those lifeboats, friends, are the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, our lesson has been to keep your eyes on the bigger picture, 2 Corinthians 4, 13 to 18. Our lesson for life from this passage is focusing on God's big picture helps you to endure and ignore the temporary and little indignities of life in this fallen world. Let me say it again. Focusing on God's big picture helps you to endure and overcome the indignities of life in this fallen world. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education And thank you for liking our page. Also, go to our homepage where you can subscribe to our free monthly Issachar teaching e-letter, helping you to understand the times to know what you need to do. It has articles on the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. It's time to pray. Thank you, Father, that indeed you're teaching us. You're lifting us up into a higher place. So we're no longer focusing on the little picture of individual trees. We're focusing on the big picture of the forest, of the heavenly things which are eternal. And these heavenly things, though unseen to the naked eye, are even more real than the material world we're in. Help us to grasp these things, knowing that you will lead us and guide us to a great reward. In Christ's name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.